Welcome to the Lion's Drive. I am Pastor Jimmy Odukoya. I pray this episode blesses you and it reminds you to become the lion that God has called you to be. Be blessed. We are starting a new sermon series and it is titled, you know, every time I, I see it, I have to confess, maybe it's the what I hear in my head is, what is love? Don't worry, no more. It's okay. Those who know, know. Those who don't know, forget about it. Look at your neighbor. What is love? Let's jump right into it. So as I began to look over this, it's important if we're going to talk about what is love, we must first dispel what love is not. And... I must admit that my industry, and when I say industry, my professional industry, we have not done this subject any favors. When I say industry, I'm talking about entertainment, Nollywood, Hollywood, all the woods. Because when we talk about love, love is a beautiful thing. Let me tell you what we have done with love. This is how love happens. Uncle is walking out of the room or maybe rushing to the office. Auntie is rushing. And as they are running, they just hit each other. Bam! Oh! Let me help you pick up your books. And as they are lifting, their eyes connect. The world stands still. The only breeze that is blowing is on her hair. Your heart is beating. Kiki, Kiki, Kiki. And right there in that moment, as your eyes have jammed, you knew you fell in love. Instantly, that's the problem. We have so glamorized. This love. Everybody's looking for love, but no one knows what love is. You know, my mother used to say, love is not a feeling that you feel when you feel a feeling that you've never felt before. I'll say it again. Love is not a feeling that you feel when you feel a feeling that you've never felt before. If you feel a feeling that's never felt, it's not love, it's your hormones. But, Pastor, you don't understand, when I saw him, my body was just doing me. I was cold. I catch cold. Pastor, when I saw her, my body was doing tiki, 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 bam, bam. I could not control myself. Okay. They say love is blind. They say marriage is an eye opener. <laughs> Love is not a feeling that you feel when you feel a feeling that you've never felt before. So to answer the question of what love is, if love is not a feeling, what is love? Now let's go to the Bible. 1 John 4, 7. Let me tell you what love is. 1 John 4, 7 amplified. It says this, Beloved, let us unselfishly Love and seek the best for one another. For love is from who? Love is from who? God. And everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God. Does not and never did know him. Why? For God is, say it one more time, God is, God of others to say what? He is the originator of love. And it is an enduring attribute of his nature. By this, the love of God was displayed in us, in that God has sent his one and only begotten son, the only who is truly unique, the only one of his kind, into the world 
so that we might live through. Now, the Bible says God is love. So according to the Bible, love is not a verb. It is not an adjective. Love is a noun. Love is a person. Love is God. The Bible doesn't say God is loving. It does not say that God loves. The Bible says God is love. So if you, are a defi- if you are a believer, what is the definition of love? Love is God. Love is God. God is love. In math, if you say X equals to 10, that means X is 10 and 10 is... Are you with me? So love is... Let's take it a step further. It says that love is from God, and in verse 8, he says that he is the originator of love. In other words, he is the source of love. That means love comes from him. So if this statement is to be true, that means that any love that does not involve God cannot be love. Uh If God is love, and he's the originator of love. Any love that does not involve God is a counterfeit. I dare say this, you cannot give what you don't have. So you cannot give love unless you have love. You cannot give love unless you have God. I see that is the mistake people in the world, we keep on making. It's because we're trying to give love to somebody when we have not experienced love ourselves. It's trying to give love when we do not have love ourselves. Now, somebody might say, well, hold on, hold on. So then what is love? I say the equation for love is God plus you plus the person. It starts with God. God is the originator. That's why the Bible says you must love your neighbor as you love yourself. You cannot love your children. You cannot love your significant other. You cannot love people if you do not have love. And that love is God. Now some people might say, but sir, after all, there are people who are not believers, who are in love and everything is good. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. It can be good and still not be God. I'll prove it to you. Look at the Bible, Genesis 3, 6. Put it on the screen. It says this, Genesis 3, 6, amplified. And when the woman saw that the tree was what? It was good for food. And it was delightful to look at. And the tree to be desired in order to make one wise and insightful. She took some of its fruit and ate it. And she gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So there you see that everything that is good doesn't necessarily mean that it is God. Let's continue. First John 4, 16 to 17. Look at what it says. We have come to know by personal observation and experience, and have believed with deep, consistent faith, the love which God has for us. Why? Because God is, and the one who abides in love, abides in who? And God abides continually in him. In this union and fellowship with him, love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence at the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him because as he is, so are we in this world. Jump to verse 19. It says, we love because he first loved us. So remember, God is love and love is God. Now, with this understanding, if you go to 1 Corinthians 13, it takes a completely different picture. Because how many people have ever read the requirements of love? By 1 Corinthians 13, love is patience, love is kind, love holds no record of wrong. 
Lord forgives all, bears all. Answer, ah, ah, wait, calm down. If you look at love based on what is required in 1 Corinthians 13, it is unattainable. It is not humanly possible. But now it begins to make sense if you realize that love is God, that love in that script, in that verse and chapter is describing the attributes of a person. Love is God. Put up 1 Corinthians 13. I want to show you something with this understanding. 1 Corinthians 13, go to verse 4. It says this, I want you to do, remember, love is God and God is, so substitute the word love with God. And this is how it reads. God endures with patience and serenity. God is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous and envious. Oh, but someone can say, wait, 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 but pastor, that's not true. That's not true. Because after all, in Exodus 25, God says, I'm a jealous God. Yes. But you see that Hebrew word for jealous and this Hebrew word here, completely different ones. This one here is kanah, which means jealousy. It's a godly type of jealousy. The jealousy that is speaking of here in this one is zeluha, which means to burn with hatred, envy, and anger. That is kanah, envy. Let's continue. God does not brag. And is not proud or arrogant. God is not rude. God is not self-seeking. God is not provoked nor overly sensitive and easily angered. God does not take into account a wrong endured. God does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when the right and truth prevails. God bears all things. Regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each one, hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. God never fails. God never fails no ends. When you read it from that perspective, are you not thankful to be loved by a God like this? That is consistent. That is faithful. That holds no records of wrong. That endures all things. That throws our sins in the, sins of, in the, in the seas of forgetfulness. That believes against all things. You see, when you are exposed to this kind of love, then it is easy to give. He says, forgive as you have been forgiven. Because he's the originator. So if you don't have this God as a reference point, then it's impossible to love. Are you still with me? Let's go to Genesis. Remember, love is God and God is so I began to read from this perspective, and I wanted to see what would happen if you substituted God with love in Genesis 1. Let's read from the beginning. It says this. In the beginning, love created by forming from nothing the heavens and the earth. Continue. The earth was formless and void, or a waste and emptiness. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Primal oceans that covered the unformed. And the spirit of love was hovering, moving, brooding over the face of the water. Now look at what verse 3 says. Read that with me. And love said, what did love say? Love said, let there be light, and there was light. So the first thing love must produce is light. The first thing love produced was light. Now, what happens when light comes into a room or to a place? Three things happen. Vision, 
information and direction. Love will produce light. And with light comes what? Vision. You can see. Information. Details of facts of what's going on around you. And based on that, you can go in a direction. Psalm 1, 119, 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Right there you have those three. Vision, information, and direction. Your word is a light, vision, to my feet, information, what's around. And a light unto my path. What is that? Direction. Matthew 5.16 says this, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in what? You see the three things again. Let your light shine before men. Vision. Because they will do what? See. Vision, right? Your good deeds. Information. And what happens? When they see your deeds and moral excellence, they will praise your father where? What's that? Direction. So if it's love, it must produce light. And if it's light, it must produce vision, information, and direction. Are you still with me? Let's dive into vision real quick. Vision. What do you see? And when love produces light, the first thing you must see is you must see yourself in the light of love. How does love see you? It is extremely important to see yourself how love sees you. Because remember, you cannot give what you do not if you do not see yourself through the lens of love, you definitely cannot see anyone else through the lens of love. That's why the Bible says in Matthew 22, love your neighbor as yourself. It is the extent to which you love yourself that you can love your neighbor. The extent to which you can honor yourself is the way you will honor your neighbor. He says, love God and love your neighbor. On these two commandments, everything else lies. So the question is, how does love see you? How do you see yourself in the light of love? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. I'm going to go very quickly because of my time. Are you still with me? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, and that you are not your own property. You were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then, honor and glorify God with your body. How does love see you? Love sees you as valuable. You were so valuable that Jesus was willing to die for you. You were so important that he was willing to purchase you by shedding his blood. All the while despising the shame but embracing the cross because of you. So love sees you as valuable. Romans 8.1 says this, Therefore there is now no condemnation, no guilt, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in what? Christ Jesus. Who believes in him as personal Lord and Savior. What does love see you? Love sees you as righteous. Love sees you that you are righteous. Righteous means to be in good standing. It means you are virtuous, of good moral character. That's how love sees you. Love sees you as righteous. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his workmanship. His own masterwork. A work of art created in Christ Jesus. Reborn from above. Spiritually transformed. Renewed and ready to be used. For good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made for us. Love sees you as a masterpiece, an original, one of a kind, created in his image and his likeness, transformed 
renewed and ready and fit for purpose. See, there's a reason why you were created and you were put on this earth. You are created and fit for purpose. In other words, there is a vision and a reason God has created you. There is a vision God has for your life. That's why he says he's made you fit for purpose to walk the path that he has already set. So let me segue real quick to a quick side note. <clears throat> Sa, ma, if you do not know what God's vision is for your life, you have no business trying to marry anybody. You got very quiet. If you don't know your vision, what God has for your life, man and woman included, you have no business looking for marriage. It's gotten very quiet. Can, can, I, can I continue? <laughs> I hear men say all the time, she must respect me. Uh -uh. She must submit to me, after all, as the man. Because I am a man. Because I have male genitalia. She must submit to me. It is my right. No, sir. <laughs> the very word submission, break it down, submit to my mission. If you are asking for submission, what vision is she submitting to? What vision is she submitting to? I, I, I dare say that society has failed and we have raised a lot of entitled boys in men's bodies. You see, they have grown in age but have not grown in maturity. Their physical DNA has changed but their mindset is still young. Men is like, how far, pastor, you're attacking us, Relax. Can we have a real conversation? You see, society has failed because what you will find is you will find that they tell the boy when he's growing up to sit down and not do anything. You are a boy. Ah, no, don't worry. You are a boy. Relax. It's the woman's job to clean. It's the woman's job. It's the girl's job to cook. So you're teaching the woman, the girl from a young age, responsibility. You're teaching her accountability. You're teaching her hard work. They're teaching her life skills. But what the boy? Sit down. You're a man. So he grows up with an entitlement mindset. With no skill. Nothing has learned. He has not learned responsibility. He has not learned accountability. And then he says, you must submit to me, sir. What is your vision? Now I know a lot of women are very happy right now. Tell him, pastor. Eh, but I'm coming to you too. <laughs> if you say as a man, she must respect me, sir. You must be worthy of respect. You cannot call yourself the head of the home and you are not doing anything. Respect is earned. Is not given. Uh -huh. Ladies, can I come to you, please? Thank you very much. I hear ladies say, hey, 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 after all, I'm a catch. What is he bringing to the table? After all, <laughs> please, I'm a baby girl. I'm meant for the soft, uh, small God, big God, small girl, big God. Don't stress me, please. What if you cannot take care of me? Sorry, Ma, you have it all wrong. You see, <laughs> the woman was created to be a helper, not a dependent. Can I, can we just have a conversation? <laughs> and you cannot help anybody if you are not equipped yourself. 
So if he's bringing the table, you are bringing the chair. Uh-huh. If he's bringing the seed, you are telling him where to plant it in the soil. You see, a lot of women want to be brides but don't want to be wives. It's easy to wear the wedding dress. I'm ready. But that's why the Bible says, he that finds a wife, not that he that finds a bride. Not every bride is a wife. Because when you begin to function, it says, he that finds a wife, finds a good thing. You're not a liability. You're not meant to be deducted from the account. Steady. Steady, steady. What do you bring? What are you bringing to the table? <clears throat> uh, amen. <coughs> Sorry, I digress. Can we can we continue? <laughs> How does love say this, Pastor J? Forgive me. How does love see you? Romans 8:16. The Spirit Himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit, assuring us that we believers are children of God. You have an identity, you have a family, you have a God that claims you as his own. That means you have authority to use his name. That means you are not an imposter. That means you are an heir. Love sees you as a son. Love sees you. As a daughter. Now, Colossians 3.12 says this. Says it very eloquently. He says this. So as God's own chosen people, who are holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, and well-beloved by God himself, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes. With what? Good temper. Bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other if one has a cause for complaint against another. Just as the Lord has what? Forgiven you. So should you forgive. Beyond all these things, put an end and wrap yourself in what? Unselfish love. Wrap yourself in love. Wrap yourself in God. Which is the perfect bond of unity for everything that is bound together in agreement with each one seeks the best for others. So this is the lens through which we must see others. You see, you can tell how a person sees you by how they treat you. That's very simple, but that's very deep. You can tell how a person sees you by how they treat you. But sometimes... The lens in which they see you can also be a reflection of the lens through which they see themselves. Hmm. You see, that's why you hear that hurt people hurt people. When you've been hurt, you tend to view people through the lens of your experience. Which is why it is very important to get information. Somebody say information. What does information mean? Information. What information are you working with? What are the facts? What are the details that you are learning about this person or this situation? Proverbs 15, 14 says this. The mind of the intelligent and discerning seeks what? Seeks knowledge and eagerly inquires after it. But the mouth of the stubborn fool feeds on what? Proverbs 18.15 says this. The mind of the prudent always acquires what? Knowledge. And the ear of the wise always seeks what? What does Hosea 4.6 say? My people are destroyed for lack of what? Of knowledge. So, sir, my ignorance is not an excuse. People don't get spared because they don't know. So, you know, when they say what you don't know won't hurt you, well, that's not technically true in every situation. Because if you walk into danger, 
it will hurt you. So whether you know you are not spared. I know somebody who got married and the person she was marrying did not tell her that he had HIV. And she got HIV. She did not know, but she wasn't spared. I know a story of a family who had a man who had had bouts of mental illness. Horrible bouts. And they were looking for who they would pawn this man on. So they did not disclose to who he was dating that he had these bouts of mental illness. But when they would get married, he would become aggressive, violent, uncontrollable. And then she would find out that this was the case all along. But she already said, I do. As a matter of fact, it was a theological debate. Do you honor this covenant when you entered into it by trickery? Some say no. Some say yes. After all, they use the Bible as reference. When those people came and tricked, given as tricked Joshua, enter covenant. Ah, now, you are sworn by your covenant. Me. Anyways. <laughs> Can we move on, please? But information is necessary. What information are you working with about this person? See, my mother always said that dating is a time for interview, not intercourse. The people, they'll use intercourse to carry your destiny away. And you don't ask the right questions. As a matter of fact, she wrote 121 questions to ask before getting married. God bless that woman. So, not 121, I'm sorry, 165. It was 121 is my father's blessing, sorry. 165 questions to ask. Very detailed. <laughs> you must, sir, hello, ma, welcome, sit down. Question one. Is necessary. Amos 3.3 says this. Can two walk together? Unless they agree. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 15 says this. Do not be unequally bound together. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 to 15. Don't be unequally bound together with unbelievers. Do not make mismatched alliances with them inconsistent with your faith. Now, this is not talking about hating people. It's not talking about pride and arrogance. We are delight. We can't mix with darkness. That's not what we're saying. He's saying right there, do not make mismatched alliances because two cannot work together unless you agree. Do not yoke yourself to somebody that you do not agree with. Somebody say information. So you have to ask questions. You must gather information. What is your worldview? What do you believe? What is your value system? What is your life anchored on? What is your idea of family? What type of family do you come from? Do you believe in traditional gender roles? How many children do you want? What is your relationship with money? What is your health history? Do you have any life-threatening or incurable diseases? What is your genotype? Do you believe in God? What's your relationship with God? Do you believe in church? What church do you go to? See, this is gathering information. My mother used to say, the single most important decision you ever make in life, after giving your life to Christ, is who you decide to marry. Because it can either make you or marry you. Even if it is not a romantic relationship, but business relationship. Sir, what is your value system? What is the culture of your organization? Funny enough, Auntie, I was coming to church today, Pastor Blessing, and on the radio, it was you talking. I was like, ooh, 
I know that voice. The way I, the way I used to flex with Pastor Blessing. Yes. She's my auntie. Yes, she's a pastor in Fountain. So, Pastor Blessing is on the radio, and she was talking about how some containers were held up for chair center, and they were trying to get them to compromise, and the person she had sent said, no, you don't have to talk to my boss. We don't do that. She said, we don't cut corners. We, are, we, don't, we don't do that. And she said, that was the culture of our organization. We don't cut corners. We don't pay bribes to get contracts. Others may do it, but we don't. And that's what we're talking about. Get information. What is your value system? You want to enter into business. What do you believe? Do you believe that the end justifies the means? These are important questions to ask. Do you believe that truth is truth and lies lie? Do you believe that truth is relative or truth is absolute? Say information. It is important that you ask these types of questions. Because of my time, I want to touch on the last one real quick, direction, and then next week we'll continue. Is that, is that okay? Now, once you have information, the last one is direction. Where are we going? You see, if you don't have a vision for your life, how can you tell where you are going? <laughs> if you don't have a vision, sir, ma, how can you tell where you are going? Or if you are heading in the right direction? Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision. Put it on the screen. Write the vision. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision and engrave it plainly on clay tablets so that one who reads it in other words, your vision will determine your direction. It will instruct you on the way you should run. If you do not know where you are going, how do you know when you get to any milestones? Listen, if you are in a car, you must have a destination in mind. Amen? You just enter a car, just be like this. Before you start the car, there must be a destination in mind. And that destination determines your direction. If you are going to VI, it's a certain route you take. If you are going to Ikeja, it's a different route. If you are going to Ikorodu, it's a different route. If you are going to Magboro, if you are going to Igondo, You are going to Ekwe. But first, where are you? Where are you going? Let's stay with this car analogy. <laughs> if you are in a car and you're a passenger, you can tell if the driver knows where he's going by the way he's acting. If he's confident, taking turns, with confidence, eyes focused on the world, relaxed. You, as a passenger, you relax. But if, perchance, the driver is fidgeting, is looking left, looking right, slowing down, trying to check Google Maps. <laughs> the next question you hear from the passenger is, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir. <laughs> Do you know where you are going. You see, you see that question? Let's stay with that question. Perchance, if you are in a relationship and you have to ask the person you are with, what are we doing? Where are we going? There's problem. Because based on actions, you should be able to tell where we are going. If you find yourself Asking the person you are with, who are we? What are we doing? Where is this going? Auntie, you are not in a relationship. You are in a situationship. 
Amen? You are not in a relationship. A relationship has direction. Actions are clear. By their fruits, you shall know them. If you are with somebody, he's not talking about the future with you. He's not introducing you to his family members. He's not talking about future and planning with you. And telling you, this is what I want to do for my life. This is why I see us in two years. This is what I want. Listen, this is what I'm thinking. Until you are not in a relationship, you are in a... Can I just take some more time? You see, hmm. there is a difference between Mrs. Wright and Mrs. Wright now. That's a Selah moment. Don't mistake the two. Everyone knows. Let me help you, ladies. Men know when you are Mrs. Wright now versus when you are Mrs. Wright. Can I, can, I, can I help somebody? I heard of a true story one time where this man he was dating a woman for a long time and she would come and bring him food and, and he would say, ah, your husband will enjoy in the future. Hey, Bami. Ha. Don't let somebody use you for practice for their real life. <laughs> You're over there cooking and cleaning and wiping. He's eating. He's enjoying. Hey, you are a missus, but it's right now. Because if he's not telling you where he's going, and you cannot see the confidence in his actions and his, his intentionality when he comes to you, until you are missus right now. You are in a situation. See, I w- let me help you. Let me help you. See, see, it is important. Eh? <laughs> it is important. A lot of women fall into this trap. A lot. <laughs> into this trap. How do I say this respectfully? (laughs) Why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? Okay. I will continue. Let me break it down. Let me give you an example. If Pastor Kunle has a Bentley, a very nice car, but anytime I ask him for it, he gives me. So I drive it anytime. I don't maintain it. It's not my responsibility. He's the owner. But I drive it. I will pose. I will take a picture. I will go for events. I will enjoy the car. Once I'm done, I pack it. But Pastor Kunle that is maintaining it is Pastor Kunle that is fueling it. Why would I ever need to buy a car when I can get the benefits of the car without the commitment of ownership? So, Auntie, hey, my husband. Oh, welcome, welcome. If he has not put a ring on your finger and you are giving him the benefits of ownership, why will he ever commit to you? What incentive does he have to commit to you? Oh, they have told you that if you have good sex with him, it's a lie. Can I help you?
If he did not love you before sex, he will not love you after sex. You see, men and women are, are wired differently. Let me tell you. Let me help you. Let me deliver you. Hey, help me, God. For a woman, you see, sex eh, is an emotional activity. Because even the very nature of sex, a woman opens up herself. It is a physical representation of what happens internally. No, don't let anybody lie to you. We are friends with benefits. Women are not wired that way. You can deceive yourself and start that way. Okay, this is what we're doing. It's just physical. No emotions. It's a lie. After a while, you will catch feelings. Because that's the way you are wired. Because the more you give of yourself, the more you begin to expect. But for a man, sex is a physical activity. Oh. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you the truth. Women, a hole is a hole is a hole. In other words, a man can sleep with a woman and not love her. Just because he sleeps with you does not mean that he loves you. You are satisfying a physical activity, even biologically. Oxytocin for a woman is released during sex. For a man, and so, you know, you bond. I say, hey, oh, it's happening. They are bonding. That's a bonding chemical. It doesn't happen for a man doing sex. It doesn't happen. So you will go and give a man the best of your virtue, the best of what you have to offer, hoping that it will translate into commitment. You have missed it. Because at the end of the day, if I can get the benefits without the commitment, the ownership, why should I ever commit in the first place? So if you are in a situationship where you are asking, where are we? What are we doing? Where is this going? You see, it lacks direction. And if it lacks direction, it cannot be light. And if it is not light, then it is not love. And if it's not love, then it is not seller. So next week, we shall sojourn on to Genesis 2. Man and woman matter. Amen. Amen. But that's the basis. What is love? Now, because of my time, really quickly, if you're here today, we started off with talking about what is love? Who is love? God is love. He is the originator of love. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son. He gave of himself. He says that he, we love him because he first loved us. Love starts from God. God shows us his love. He says he demonstrated his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, he died. So that what? He can make you valuable. He can redeem you. He can make you righteous. He can make you a masterpiece. He can make you his own. A royal priesthood a chosen nation, an heir, a son, a daughter that can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy. It is your right because his love is enduring. It holds no record of wrong. He says nothing can separate you from this love. I forgive all. I endure all. I want what's best for you. That is the God of love that we speak of. And if you want to have love in any area of your life, you cannot give what you don't have. So today, I want to make you an offer. I want to introduce you to the God of love, the one who came and died for you. This week, the Lord bless you. This week, the Lord keep you. This week,
week, the Lord caused his face to shine upon you. This week, he shall turn around every captivity in your life. Where you have sown in tears this week, you will reap in joy. This week, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over shall be your story in the name of Jesus. This week, you shall be known as the one God has helped. This week, the Lord's favor will announce you everywhere you go. That will cause your enemies to become your friend. This week, when you open up your mouth, the Lord will fill it. He will give you wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. In the name of Jesus. This week, your gift will make room for you. This week, it shall bring you before kings and great men. Nations shall come to your rising. In the name of Jesus. This week, you shall be the lender and never the borrower. You shall be on top and never beneath. You shall be the first and never last. In the name of Jesus. This week, the Lord will be the glory and the lifter of your head. Where others have said there is a casting down, you will say there is a lifting up. In the name of Jesus. This week, you shall not be put to shame. Because those who put their trust in the name of the Lord cannot be put to shame. Some trust in horses and some trust in chariots. But you will trust in the name of the Lord. This week his name shall be a strong tower. You shall run into it and be saved. In the name of Jesus. This week the works of your hands are blessed. Everything you touch shall prosper. In the name of Jesus. This week, everywhere the soles of your feet tread upon, he shall give it to you for your possession. In the name of Jesus. This week, the lies are falling for you in pleasant places. In the name of Jesus. This week, your going out is blessed. This week, your coming in is blessed. When you lay your head down to rest, is blessed. When you arise, is blessed. This week, he shall give you peace that passeth all understanding. He shall give you joy that cannot be explained. In the name of Jesus. A thousand shall fall at your side. And ten thousand by your right hand side. But it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. This week the Lord sets a table before you. In the presence of your enemies. This week he anoints your head with oil. And your cup runneth over. You shall not lack anything. You shall grow in favor with God and with man. This week, all the doors are open to you. In the name of Jesus. When you call for help, a thousand will answer. In the name of Jesus. This week, the earth yields for you. This week, the heavens open to you. In the name of Jesus. This week, you shall ask and you shall receive. This week, you shall knock and it shall be opened. This week, you shall seek and you shall find. In the name of Jesus, this week you will go from glory to glory. This week you will go from grace to grace. This week you shall go from strength to strength. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that you were blessed. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to subscribe. And if you know a fellow lion that needs to join the tribe, please be sure, send them this link, share this episode. God bless you.